When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowlands and I'm joined uh, this morning, just about one minute to 12 on Monday morning by Ashley Priest and Pat Rowe. Ash, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Weekend off after last week's madness. Right. So I, need, I needed it to recharge and I'm yeah, all, here for the Gerard effect now. Interview this morning, all guns blazing. Match week as well on Saturday, so mm-hmm. yeah, excited, mate. So we'll touch through, but yeah, I'm all good after a little, you, little break. Yeah, how about you, Pat? I know you've been working hard doing your Rangers research. Yeah, I have had the weekend off as well, yeah, but now I'm excited. That interview this morning, absolutely electric, weren't it? I'm buzzing mm-hmm. for Saturday. Yeah, well, we're here to answer some some Villa questions, so get them in. We'll hear you for the next half an hour till half 12. Um, there's a few points I've noted down, so we'll go through those before the comments start rolling through. But Stephen Gerrard has, has done his first interview with uh, Aston Villa from, from Villa TV this morning. I tweeted a clip of him doing his like, sound checks and saying, right, interview coming soon. I was like, right, I'm, I'm all for it. Gerrard, man, here this week. I got, I'm consuming everything Stephen Gerrard at the moment. I bought his book on Saturday. Um, I'm yet to start <laughs> reading it. I've watched his Amazon Prime documentary. Like, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm getting caught up by the hype. Um, Ash, you've watched that interview. You've, you've written a few pieces off the back of it. What are your initial impressions of the of, the, of that interview? Very, very impressive. I mean, you, you're hanging up every word, aren't you? And like you said, prior to going live here, if you're in that dressing room listening to him speak, you're going to run through a bit more, bit more swim, aren't you? So, yeah, very good. Loved it. Um, all that all-in mentality. He's got no excuses now. Previously, under the last last regime, there's a bit of an excuse culture, wasn't there? Oh, we haven't had injuries. Oh, but the team did this, that, and the other. But now, no messing. Everything's in place, and it's 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 one of them. You're going to listen to him. His leadership skills have been there for all to see, and he's, he's yeah, he's he's buzzing for it as well. He spoke of his, his own excitement after yeah. getting the call last Wednesday, and it happened quickly. And he, he said he's got butterflies in his stomach. So, yeah, very good. And he wants to embrace that that excitement and, and get down to work. And he'll have today with the players as well. First day training today. For those who are back at body more, but yeah, I loved it. No excuses. I'm all in. This is about me. I'm excited and uh, I can't wait to get started. And picked a few of the faults. I'm sure Pat will run through as well. The defensive output he wants to improve on that straight away. But yeah, he, he, he buzzes for it, mate. And I think we all are, aren't we? Yeah, I saw your tweet, Pat, saying you'd run through brick walls already and you're <laughs> just a fan watching. As a player, yeah, like I said yeah. this on the last episode, I don't know whether you watched it, but most of our squad are, you know, 24, 25, 26, that we're watching prime Stephen Gerrard as they grow up and start getting into football themselves. Having him there in the dressing room leading the team talks and, and on the sidelines, you do get that feeling that, again, I would run through brick walls to him as well. Like, I'm all for Stephen Gerrard at this point. Um, what did you make of it, Pat? I think first impressions, it was just really, really impressive. I think my mates at uni always used to say, like, our oh, pressure bursts pipes or makes diamonds. And I think you can tell, like, <laughs> what what is with him. Like, he's come in, like, there's so much pressure. It's such a massive job. And he's coming in, there's so many doubters about if his talents translate into the Premier League. And he, he, look, he looks so cool and, like, collected in these interviews, like, joking around the way he speaks. He just seems, like, determined, confident, and, like, no doubts in his own ability. So, yeah, it's exciting. 
Yeah, I don't. I've tweeted about this already. I, I'm not quite sure what I expected from him, but it wasn't that. I don't know whether that yeah. says that probably says more about my ignorance towards him being Rangers manager and doing interviews for the last couple of years. But I, I wouldn't have paid much attention to that. I just assumed that he would have spoken differently after he signed. My YouTube feed has been full of you know random Stephen Gerrard clips and a lot of post-match interviews as a player. He spoke very quickly. His voice was more high-pitched. And I was, you know, you yeah. see the meme, don't you? The yeah course and all that kind of thing going around and. That interview wasn't what I expected. He's a lot, a lot more calm. He's considered with his words. He speaks with his hands, and I was captivated watching a you know ten minute interview on my laptop screen. So I can't imagine what kind of messages he'll be able to get across to the players. And um, those of questions coming through, we'll go to those in a sec. Uh, Ash, what what do you make of the fact that he was obviously an elite level player, and I know he wants to separate the player from the manager, and he, he said that a few times. Um, but being an elite footballer has to help, doesn't it? Because he knows what it means to win. His mentality is just competitive. He's all in. Uh, we'll mention the Liverpool thing in a sec. But he's like, we go, we go out to get three points everywhere all the time. Yeah, he's been there, done. He got the t-shirt, hasn't he, Dan? He's been. He, you can't label. You can't be negative towards that. I mean, yeah. Look, I mean that, that all that winning mentality. He's got that in abundance. And as a captain as well, he led from the front, and he'll do that as a manager. He did the Rangers to a T, winning the title up there and. Three years at Rangers has been really good for him. It's a, it's a tough old job up there. I know people, it's easy to win games up there, but the, the pressure is immense uh, managing Rangers. You've got, you got the Celtic next door winning everything, and he stopped it. He stopped a good Brendan Rodgers team, and he won the title, went unbeaten. Unbeaten, so hard to do. Mm. And um, he did it, so he's earned his stripes. And I think, look at him now, the way he speaks, the way, the way he's calculated, he's very thoughtful in what, in what he's saying, but he's very driven as well, isn't he? Um he knows what he, exactly what he wants. But as a manager, I think he'd be the same as he was as a player. Le- follow me. I'm, I'll lead you. Just give me everything you've got. And we'll, we'll get we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get the results. And you want that? You're going to buy into it, aren't you? If you're a player there now, I'm giving Gerard everything for him. And then we'll, we'll go on to achieve. And like, like Gerard said, he said it's a good fit for him. He likes a risk. He's a bit of a risk taker. This is a risk. And uh, he, likes, he loves a challenge as well. Loves a challenge. Even back, back in his Premier League days. Going up against Uriaras and Kings, he loves a challenge as well. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, just that mentality. I mean, up at Rangers, what he did there, built a culture. Everyone bought into what he was doing, and their rise was, was incredible, really. And uh, he looked to do that at Villa now. We'll look to do that at Villa. Everyone's got to buy into it. And if, if a player doesn't, they'll be out the door, Dan. Uh, yeah, we mentioned on the the podcast we did straight after he was announced how there was a, that BBC podcast clip of him saying you know, about a no excuse uh, mentality at Rangers, and I like that he mentioned that in this interview as well. That was obviously a couple of years ago, so I like that's still his mentality that you know we'll give everything to to help you players be the best you are, go out there and play for me and, and be the best version of yourselves. Um, just quickly, just to to wrap up on his. Um, not his press conference but his first interview uh, a little bit Pete Bainbridge says I love how he mentioned Dino and gave him credit and Jason Clues also said I liked how he was respectful of, of Dean Smith um, Pat just quickly your thoughts on, on his comments um, you know outside of the football pitch and how he you know responded to the club and Dean Smith and also Dean Smith now Norwich manager yeah, I think he knows the uh, like severity of the situation. He knows how like Dean Smith was at Villa. I know it might have ended a bit differently at the end of his spell for some people, but in terms of my opinion on Dean Smith, I can't thank him enough for what he did. I think Gerard got that across that he knows the big boots to fill, and he's got a big job on his hands. But yeah, seeing Dean Smith in uh, as the boss of Norwich City, I woke up to it this morning. It's like I don't know, seeing Lampard in the City shirt or seeing. Michael Jordan in uh, Washington jersey. <laughs> it's just got pictures that shouldn't exist. I, I never thought I'd see it, but it's one of the, and to see it so like 
quickly as well. I think it outlines how good of a manager Dean Smith is. A few days later, he's jumped straight back into a Premier League role. And I know it's not probably, it's, it's a big task to keep them up, I think. I don't know about the quality of their side and everything. I think they've conceded the most goals as well if he solidifies them defensively. But yeah, even if they do go down, he's probably the perfect man to take them back up, as we know. So yeah, he's a bit odd though, strange. Yeah, I tweeted, I wonder how many um, players, uh, managers, sorry, have, have left their role and then eight days later joined yeah. another Premier League club without even missing a single match week. Like Dean Smith will, will manage in every single week of the Premier League this season, mm. which is bizarre. Ash, very, very quickly, just before we move on, your thoughts on Smith as well for us. Yeah, Smith, he described it as a whirlwind in his statement in Norwich. What, what, a, what a whirlwind seven days it was. It, yeah, for, for, for us as well, I'm going to What a week it's been, Dan. Crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think he's gone into it. I think he was quite hurt losing his job. I think he was. That's the vibe I got from him. And he fought his corner body more when he got called in. And uh, I think he wanted to jump in quickly and prove a point to the doubters and keep himself relevant as well. He, he takes a little break. It looks the, the job don't come up again. Do you know what I mean? So the job's there, Premier League job, and if he turns the fortunes around, he's stuck rises on a level. But yeah, I get the sense he's a bit hurt from, from losing the village job. But it's going to do. I think it'll do do good. Get out, get out of Birmingham for a bit. Go down to East Anglia, start again, build the blocks, and then if you do well there, you're on, you're onto something, can't you? So I think it, I think it's a good move for him. Um, and it, I wish him all the best. You know. Yeah, pretty much no risk, isn't it? Really, if they go down, they're expected to go exactly. down anyway, and he'll he'll have a chance to build in the championship. And you know, if you get instantly promoted, it's to be solid the year after that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And yeah. not instantly go down again. And if you somehow manage just to stay up, and they're only five points adrift, which you know, I wouldn't want to be in that position, but it's not. But you know, it's not done by all means just yet. Mm-hmm. If he stays up with them, he's a uh, he's a hero, isn't he? So yeah, all the best to him. Apart from November, right, uh, December, something when we play him, and April, something when we play him. Uh, apart from that. All the best to him. Um, back to Villa. Hemant Katana, I recognise that name from, from previous podcasts, asks, will significant funds be, av- be be made available in January? Um, you'd imagine Gerald will want to get a couple of players in, but are the funds there to, to do so? I'll come to you first, Ash. I imagine the yeah, answer of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, they are. Uh, Gerald, hinted at that. Gerald hinted at that in his interview as well. He's going to have to work with the players he's got. So that, that gives you a little hint that there is funds available in January. He want his own players in. New managers do, and you get the chance to look at those not on international duty for the next couple of days before the return in dribs and drabs. But uh, he'll have money to spend. He'll want his own players in, what players who can play his philosophy and that that, that high octane style he likes, and hundred percent all in energy. Keep saying all in, Dan. I'm all in. But um, <laughs> yeah, there will be fun available in January. He he he'll have them conversations with Perslow and the owners, and um, like we said, I don't think the squad's. Good, good as people make out, you know. I think, I think it needs improving. If if Villa are indeed going to uh, get European qualification, so at the moment I think the squad is short. But uh, Gerard to get the best out of what he's got now, I think two, three additions in January will help balance it out much better. Yeah, the, the problem in January is what players are available and who wants to let them go, isn't it? And obviously, you know, yeah. budgets and um, fees are increased during January because people don't want to let people go, but. You know, the money we spent in the summer was only the money we bought in from the Greedy. So we didn't, yes. you know, we didn't, you know, the owners are putting loads of money off their own pocket. So there's no reason to suggest that if we want to sign three players who cost 60 million, let's say, that money will be there if the players fit and Gerald gets the people he wants. Um, Scott McDonald asks, I'll come to you for this one, Pat, where mm-hmm. do we need to strengthen first? Central midfield, surely, he says. Uh, yeah, I think everyone knows uh, if you're talking about gaps in the squad, it's probably a midfield enforcer that everyone was pleading with the owners to buy in the summer. And I think 
it's become a bit evident in the recent games or the recent losing streak that we're a bit short in that area. And specifically now Gerrard's come in. He likes to play this formation, 4-3-3, where the fullbacks are James Tavernier. I can't remember the, the left back's name, but he also bombed forward. But when they go forward, they kind of they need someone to cover. They need a CDM to cover and drop in. And if, if he might get Douglas Louise to do that, I think McCamber's just picked up an injury on international duty with uh, Zimbabwe, a groin strain. So it's one of those. I think that'll be the first position he strengthens in that area, a player that can just do the role that he wants of a midfielder, just tuck in a left back or right back and be able to plug a hole. I think we've been linked with Glenn Kamara already or in the past, and he, he's a player that obviously can play that exact role. Gerard knows he can from Stamford Rangers. So yeah, CDM, CDM, probably the first one for me. Uh, there's a comment here from Steve Young. I'll come to you both on this, so a bit of thinking time while I go through it. He says, I have a feeling Louise will either flourish or flop with Gerard. I hope Dougie responds well to him. So just on that, I'll come to you first, Ash. Which player do you think will benefit the most from, from Gerard's appointment and who might suffer the most? I'm putting you on the well, spot the, here. So yeah, the one, that jumped out, the one that jumped out straight away will benefit the most is Jacob Ramsey. Um, I think it's very similar in style to Gerard, box to box. And I think Gerard wanting to score more goals and getting get in the better areas. And who's who, who's better to teach him that than, than Gerard himself? You know what I mean? That, that's going to be incredible. I seen, I seen Gerard comment on Jacob Ramsey's Instagram last week. Them, them eyes emoji after he's uh, man of the match display for the twenty-one. So I think I think Gerard's going to be huge for Ramsey. Likewise, Carnage Oika. I think he'll get stuck into the young players. He likes to work with young players. He sees a lot, a lot of himself in them. Um, so yeah, that that'll be the standout for me. I think I think Ramsey's going to benefit tenfold. And the player that will suffer the most, do you think? Suffer might not be the right word, but maybe who doesn't fit his his, his style or his system. Interesting one. The, the players who who aren't willing to put the bodies on the line, um, I think he'll he'll sniff them out straight away. Um, they're all going to all going to buy into what he's doing, and anyone who's slacking, any of the slackers, they'll be out the door, out the team. So yeah, I mean, system wise, I think Ali Watkins will probably. Given Gerard's style, four three three, I think Ollie Watkins could could shift out to the left hand side, perhaps. And I think Danny Ings might, might, might get the nod up front as an out and out goal scorer and, and a number nine. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a clean slate for everyone, Dan. I really do. I think Gerard's gonna have a, have a good look at the players that are there now, the ones not on international duty, and then the uh, the, the players will be will coming back in, in staggered down, down at Bonnie Reef. And yeah, over the next few weeks will be. Be critical, and I think we'll start to see how Gerard wants Miller to line up. Same question to you, Pat. Uh, yeah, in terms of people that I think are going to thrive, I mean, Ali Watkins, yeah, I think the formation's there for him to thrive in, playing on that inside forward at the left. But also, I think Matt Target, I think I think we've all had some short memory in the type of player he is, to be honest. I think he's suffered with the injury early on, and then we were playing a formation that didn't really suit him. No one was in front of him, so he was tasked with doing the majority of the attacking play down the left. And now that if you, uh, I think we swapped to a four-three-three, and immediately once he had Wendy or someone in front of him, he was picking passes out, getting forward a bit more. Past few games, he's been slightly more impressive, a bit reminiscent of last season's Matt Target. So I think I think he's going to thrive under Gerard. To be honest, I think we've forgotten how useful he can be when he's got someone on the left with him. So I think we'll see a return to the usual Matt Target, who's solid defensively and can really contribute going forward when he's working off someone. Down the left-hand side, I think Matty Cash is going to benefit, obviously. I think James Tavernier last season, I think 12 goals, 9 assists from right back. So if, if you get a similar... Obviously, it doesn't translate directly, but if you're getting <laughs> an attacking return from your fullbacks in that manner, then it's just amazing. Southgate might regret not getting uh, Matty Cash in earlier. 
But um, in terms of losers, the winners and the losers, I'm not sure. I think I think it might be a, re- a reality shock for a few players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gerard's going to ask a lot of them. He's going to ask a lot of defensive work, right? I think Leon Bailey was highlighted. I think he had the flu, though. The highlighted the not really tracking back for the West Ham's first goal. Springs to mind. There's a lot of a big uh, gap of space there. So there's a few that need to are going to have a shock when he comes in. He's going to rattle a few cages, I think. But yeah, something needs to change. And I'm pretty sure he'll do it. Oh, Matty Cash might be taking some goal scoring lessons off his new mate uh, Lewandowski as well, hasn't he? So you, you never know. Um, I think McGinn as well, a player neither yeah. of you mentioned there. And McGinn can be a very good player, but it's, it's far too inconsistent. I think I think Gerald might have to get him off the Rangers. I think Gerald tried to sign him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right, actually. So I think we'll see him again a bit further forward and, and kind of emulating that Gerald role, essentially, and be on the edge of the box a little bit more. Um, Chris Masters asks, is the size of the backroom staff a concern? Now, the last time we spoke about Gerald on the podcast, we weren't quite sure of his backroom staff and who would still be here. But he's brought with him um, four or five coaches off the top of my head, including performance analysts and stuff like that. But Aaron yeah. Danks, Austin McPhee and Neil Cutler are all still here. And I think Neil Cutler is more so a club appointment rather than anyone fixed with the manager because he's been a, a few seasons now. Mm-hmm. McPhee and Danks, I'm not too sure whether they'll end up sticking around, but that is a big coaching staff now. I tweeted this the, the day it was announced and somebody said, well, you know, look at Pep Guardiola and Klopp. They've got massive teams as well. So you know, it isn't just a case of a big team necessarily means you know too many cooks spoiling the broth, but there's a lot of opinions on the sideline. Um, so first of all, Ash, is it a concern? And if it isn't, or if it is, sorry, is it likely that McPhee, etc., won't be there for, for too long? Yeah, it's interesting. I've counted eight, eight backroom staff there. Um, Gerard's brought his own team in. He called him his rock. He trusts them a lot um, based on what, what they achieved together at Rangers. They've all come down with him. And, um, yeah, it does, does seem a bit, bit top-heavy. Um, um, we'll soon see. Results are forthcoming, Dan. I think it's not an issue there at all. I think, um, yeah, massive group there. Like you say, he's, he's already contacted Cutler, McPhee and Danks on the phone and he's working with them today as we speak. And you'll see where, where, where their best assets lie. But, yeah, I think Cutler's an asset to Villa. Anyway, goalkeeping-wise, I think, He's very good. It's up to, I think, I think Tom Colt, Tom Coulshaw, he's coach manager, set piece specialist. So he'll be working with McPhee, I'm guessing, I'll bounce ideas. But we'll see the next few weeks when, when, when the old lads remain. Aaron Danks as well, young, young up and coming coach he was. He hasn't been in the role too long. That's a, that was a club appointment as well. So yeah, I think, I think yeah, all for it. New ideas, the players will take on new information. Michael Beale, first team coach, we've heard a lot about him, haven't we, as well. And uh, Gary Mack, Gary McAllister, he's been yeah. at Villa before. That that'll be a good sounding board for, for Gerard and the players as well. So here, who knows his way around the place and the level level of expectation. So yeah, I think um, a lot of a lot has been made of Gerard's backroom staff, but for good reason as well. Because given what they've they've achieved and if they can mirror, mirror that success here, then I'm all for it. Uh, Danny Barker says Bill joining us is huge. I know you've done some research into. Not Ian Beale, although I always want to say it. Michael Beale. I'm going to I'm going to say that joke every time because every time I see his name, I'll just think of Ian Beale straight away. And um, Pat is he the real deal? I've seen people label, label him a, a genius in the last week, and you do hear these things from time to time that you know, somebody's got their own coach and they're the next thing, the next best thing, and then nothing really happens. But mm. from things we've we've read this week, he does sound the real deal, doesn't he, Beale? Yeah. I think Gerard stated it'd take him 15 or 20 years to become as good as an on-pitch coach as Michael Beale, so he just lets him do what he wants. Wow. <laughs> Bill, takes, uh, Bill takes the training sessions. I think at um, Rangers, his title was first team coach, and now he's got the same title as Gary McAllister, I think, assistant coach. 
Mm. So he might have had a bit of a promotion, bigger, bigger role now. I'm not sure, or just had to persuade him to come. He was linked with the Cardiff City job. I think it's clear that he could make the step up to be a manager, but he wanted to continue with uh, Gerard here on this journey. He's contributed to the development. Of, I think he was at Chelsea for about ten years. Worked under Mourinho, Hiddink, Hudding, I don't know his name, and. Uh, and then he went to Liverpool, obviously. He's contributed to the development of like Hudson Adoy, Tammy Abraham, Mason Mount, Alexander Arnold, and Curtis Jones. So he's he's clearly a talented coach. I think like Carl Lafty said he's the brains behind all of Gerard's success. So it is just quite exciting to see them together and see what he can do. And I think, yeah, in terms of the whole coaching staff, it's a nice balance of Gary McAllister, who knows the club a bit, Bill, talented behind the scenes, and then you've got the Previous coaches that have been kept on, it's nice. But the players know them a bit. Yeah. So all all of a new change, so it's not a sh- that much of a shock to the system. It's a nice balance of experience and fresh ideas. So yeah, I think it's promising instead of worrying. To be honest, yeah. There's a comment here from Stuart Pipe who says we need to play with nastiness and heart. Um, you think something that's been missing, Ash, a little bit that. <laughs> I like Dean Smith, and I think we might have even said this on the last podcast, so apologies if I'm repeating myself. And this is only the outside impression, because you know, I've, I've been to Bodymore once while he was there, but you know, I don't see him on the training pitch every day. But you get the impression that he's a nice guy, puts his arm around the shoulder, you know, honestly, lets him get away with things. But again, that's just speculation. But that's the kind of impression I get as a fan watching. Whereas just seeing Gerard's interviews and the, the reaction he had at Rangers, I don't think he'll let the players get away with not giving 100%. And I think it might, like you said, Pat, rattle a few cages and upset a few people. And you know, that, that doesn't always work. That is risky to go in there and you know have players falling out with you and stuff. But it does feel like Villa are a little bit of a soft touch in recent years. And just being a bit nastier on the football pitch can just G the fans up in certain games and get things going. So do you think that's been missing, Ash, or we're just reading far too much into both coaches there? We don't really know that's the case. It is the case, Dan. I think it is. You lose five on the bench, you are a soft touch. I don't care who you are. Um, conceding three goals in 10 minutes against Wolves, you are a soft touch. Uh, yeah. The players don't want it enough. I think I think Gerard brings that nastiness, but we've been lacking that nastiness. Just get over the line, get three points, 1 0. We'll take that on Saturday, I think. Just get doing anything by hook or by cook, getting that three points. I think you'll create enough versus them mentality. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, Gerard is Mr. Nasty. I, I'm all for it as well. I think we, we do need that to get get results. You, you can't get results if you're a soft touch. And will I have been? And it cost Dean Smith his job. I think he wasn't a bit too pally with the players. Possibly had his favourites, didn't he? And uh, yeah, I think um, I think Gerard. I think Gerard, Gerard brings that, that stillness. We all need to get get results and get up that table because we're, we're lingering at the moment. Two points above the drop zone. It's, it's not fun, but yeah, I think we, we are lacking that. And Gerard bring, brings that in abundance as well. So. I think I think we'll see that for the first fifteen minutes on Saturday. You know, Villa Park. I think he'll, I think it'll be a fast start on Gerard's watching. I think, yeah, anything to get that three points done. Yeah. One here for you, Pat. Keith Wilkins says, "Do you think we'll be playing out from the back, or do you think we'll get the ball forward more quickly from the stuff you've done on your your Rangers research? Mm-hmm. What do you think Gerald will go for?" Yeah, I think Gerard plays a possession-based style of play, attacking play. I don't think he, we've got the personnel to play a who fill up top and hope. With Danny Ings, I think the comment below there, Stuart Hart says, I think Ings will thrive under Gerrard. And I think it's true, to be honest. I think he finally answers that question of how do you fit Ollie Watkins and Ings in the same solid, which posed so many problems for us at the start of this season. Ollie Watkins can play as this inside forward that uh, Gerrard likes in the 4-3-3. It's, he, used, he did it with Kimar Roof as well. He likes to play a second striker out wide. 
it cuts inside quickly, gets shots off on goal and presses a unit from the front. So I think, yeah, we've got the perfect personnel to play how he wants. And we have the, I think we do, have, I know a lot's been made of the mistakes that's happened at the back and stuff, at Mings against Chelsea, I think it was. But we do have the quality of the back to play from the back. And he likes to see players flip forward from like the wing back. So, yeah, I think when we do attack, oh, Gerard attacks, he likes to go for a two, five, three kind of formation, which is why these CDMs are so like important that they fill in behind because the, he just likes his fullbacks to flood forward. And it's no shock that they get those kind of numbers that I mentioned earlier. So, yeah, that kind of outlines that uh, CDM might be a priority in the uh, January once yeah. again. So a couple of comments come through regarding Toro Mings. Uh, so a couple of people say that he's going to drop him. Um, a couple of people say that he's been linked with Newcastle and that Eddie Howe likes him. Is is that true? Because wasn't it Eddie Howe that sold Mings? Am I right or am I getting mixed up here? Yeah, Eddie Howe sold him, yeah. 20, yeah. Loaned him out and then 2019 sold him. Um, Eddie Howe, Mings is a player Eddie Howe likes, Dan. There's a link there, isn't that straight away? But I think I think, I think Jared will look to lean on Mings. I think he'll want to get more out of Mings. Um, I think he'd be one of the players to get him on firing as well. I think I think this Gerard appointment is a good thing for Mings, you know. I think he needs to refocus. Is he a Liverpool fan, Mings? I've seen that on social as well. I don't know whether that's true. Not sure. Though. Not sure. Not sure. Okay. But, um, I think, I think, I think. I think this appointment is a good thing for Mings, you know. I think he'll refocus him, get, get him back on his game, that no-nonsense approach. And, yeah, I think I think he's a leader, Villa Villa need. And, OK, his performances haven't been near the, never, near the level we were hopeful this season. But if there's one man to get, get him back on track, I think it's Gerard, yeah. We said on the last podcast we weren't going to mention the Liverpool link, but the club have mentioned it in that Villa TV interview. Mm-hmm. So we'll go over it one more time because, you know, like I said last time, I mean, we play Liverpool in a few weeks, or we're talking about them again anyway. But this Gerard Liverpool thing, it was weird that Michelle Owen was doing the interview, I think, and she even said, you know, it's weird to even ask about another club during a manager's unveiling video, but the links to Liverpool are obvious. And so it makes sense for the club to, to you know, get it out there first rather than just keep lingering on. How do you feel he answered that question? Because me watching that as a fan, I thought he handled that as a manager far beyond his years in terms of experience. Mm-hmm. He kind of said, yeah, you know, it'll be nice to go back to Anfield, but I'll go back there wanting to take all three points. And it quick, quick, you know, kind of sw- swiftly moved on. I feel like he handled, handled that the best way he could. And you know, there'll be a press conference right at some point and he's undoubtedly going to ask when, when Sky's beat him and the rest of it. But the club have you know, asked him a quick question, he got the answer and moved on and will do the same now, I think. Yeah, it'll be one of those, right? It'll be a massive Super Sunday whenever it is feature. It'll be yeah. all based off that. We won't even mention our squad. It'll just be Gerard versus Liverpool. But yeah, it was one of those. It's it's very easy to sell that narrative, and people get. I think it was mentioned quite heavily when he was appointed. People going, "Oh, he's just going to leave us for a few, like a f- in a few years," and it, he dealt with it really well, in my opinion. It was I'm a man on a mission. I've got one focus, and that's Villa. If we play Liverpool, it'd be nice, but. I'm going to go there to get all three points and I'll celebrate it if we do get three points. I'm not going to be like a player that's just moved clubs and have a dampened celebration. It's just, <laughs> I'm going to go out there and try and do my job and that's how it came across. So yeah, I was completely okay with his answer. As part of a wider question there, Ash, his attitude just towards games in general, competitive, wants to win every single game and will go out to do so. That's refreshing yeah. as well, isn't it? Whether it lasts when he's under the pressure in 15 games' time is, an, is another matter. But as of today, he wants to go out and, and get three points every single week, which is what yes. an elite, elite level footballer does. Yes, I'm just waiting for the Ollie Watkins last minute in Anfield and Gerard running down the touchdown <laughs> slide down his knees and his, his uh, overcoat. Kisses, Kisses the camera. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, will, will to win. Gerard's a winner. Uh, he'll bring that to Villa instantly. Uh, he raises the the, um, the standards. And I think, yeah, that will to win. 
he's, he's in a job for a reason, he said. And uh, he needs to win games. And um, he needs to start this weekend with a good one. And then, yeah, he's, just one of, he's a winner. Then, end of. And he needs to win games. And he do all that, all that to, to, do, to, do, to do that. Uh, last call for any questions. We're going to be here till half 12. So we've got a couple more minutes. Pat, I wanted to run through the, the discussion we were having on Slack earlier about um, manager's first game in charge for Villa. And the record isn't great, is it? <laughs> the last manager to uh, win his opening game as a Premier League manager. In, yeah, guess, have a guess first. Who's Ooh. the last manager to win his first Premier League game? So not counting the, the Championship managers. I know Dean Smith won his. Okay. Um, last is Premier it, League manager to win his first game in charge. Is he big, big run? No. no, it's John Gregory. John, John. Gregory. Against yeah. Liverpool as well, a bit topical. Against Liverpool. So I think there's been eight full-time Premier League managers since John Gregory. Um, and they've all lost or drawn their opening game. So, <laughs> I mean, would, would you take a draw on Saturday? <laughs> I, mean, I think I remember uh, Remy Gard had a good one, didn't he? Neil, Neil Man City. Neil, right? Neil, yeah, Neil Man City, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Martin O'Neill had a... Martin O'Neill drew at Arsenal, I think. Yeah. Um, we did go through them. I think there'll be a social post up at some point with them all. I think Lambert lost. Lambert John Gregory, love that. Sherwood lost, I think, or drew. I can't remember. But yeah, Gerard's got um, <laughs> a 20-year book to trend, a trend to book there. Um, Andrew Noddy says Stan Collingwell scored. Uh, but yeah, Pat, not a great start, is it? But you think you're yeah. uh, confident for, for Gerard this weekend? Yeah, he's played he played Brighton in uh, pre-season. They drew nil-nil, I think, so he knows who he's facing. I think he commented on uh, Potter as well. So he's a young, exciting coach, but he's full focus on getting three points. Like Ash said, I'd take a one-nil, grind it out. Yeah. Clearing balls off the line in the ninth. <laughs> so just get a one-nil win, I don't care. Like, I'm actually I'm so excited to get down to it, to be honest. I'm, yeah, so. Because, um, I've got a few of my family members are Liverpool fans. It's kind of a perfect balance in mind, but... It's just perfect. I mean, I can't wait. I'm well excited for it. Didn't isn't the G in your isn't the middle name PG? Yeah, is my middle Gerard? name is Gerard, and that's what the G and PGR stands for. So, oh it's my Gerard. god, that is Mystic Mac. My mum was uh, predicting <laughs> the future there. I love that. That's such a, a niche stat for you to just text me the other day. Going, Do you know, by the way, the G and PGR stands for Gerard. Just yeah. so random. Um, a couple of last questions then. One from Keith and one from Stuart, and then we'll end. Um, Keith says, does he like bringing in youngsters into his side from the youth setup? Obviously, Villa's youth setup looks very promising. And do either of you know his record with youth players? Obviously, Liverpool Academy manager, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not too sure about it now. Yeah, I mean, he likes to promote your young players. Ryan Kemp was a young player when he signed him. Um, but have not known... Liverpool just in the youth ranks but he signed in got him on loan originally and he's flourished under him as well I think he's a good young side there at Rangers um, obviously Morelas was still young unproven goal scorer and he, he thrived under Gerard as well so so yeah I mean he loves to give youngsters a chance I think he'll do that uh, Villa as well uh, if you prove yourself uh, age, is just, age is just a number and all that and as, as Gerard proved as a player but you'll give everyone a, a good chance from your Ramsey Chuck Mawikas and, and so on so um a good appointment for the young players in the academy and Cameron Archer and people like that. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be buzzing with it. Yeah, that was a follow-up question from Stuart that you've answered. Do you think Joe will keep Archer on the first team? Yes, I imagine so. Like yeah. you said earlier, everyone gets a fresh slate to impress, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Like you say, I mean, Cameron Archer, similarities to Michael Owen when he burst on the scene, the pace, <laughs> the finishing. You'll see a lot of him, him in there. and I'll give, I'll give him some minutes, you know. I think he, think he, he might bring him on on Saturday. I think it gets a crowd, doesn't it? Um Archer deserves it to be in his first team, given what he's done this season. So, I think Jared will give him a good chance. I think he'll, he'll get, I think Danny Ings will be a bit of a mentor for him. And yeah, I think good appointment. I think it'll give, give Archer minutes. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll call it a day there. We've done our half an hour for today. Um, we'll do another podcast later in this week after Gerard's first pre-match press conference. I don't know whether that'll be Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm off Thursday, but we've got plenty of people who can cover it if so. Um, but yeah, we'll do a pre-match Brighton press conference there where we'll look at his first lineup and the latest injury news and all that kind of thing. Um, it's obviously a lot of questions to answer before that first game, but yeah, we'll leave that for later in the week. Um, Pat, thank you very much for your Rangers knowledge. It's been very, very appreciated. And Ash, thank thanks you. for your insight as always. Cheers, mate. No worries, Ash. And thank you very much for all the comments and the questions coming in. We do appreciate it. For those watching along live on Monday afternoon and for those that are watching this on the Can't Be Podcast at a later date, then get involved in the comment section below. Uh, we'll see you later in the week. I think we're doing another manager episode for the people that are interested in that. Where we'll try and do our best to not get relegated. I think we might be doing that <laughs> Tuesday. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you again in a few days. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.